Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Fatal Fortunes. I'm Al. I'm Will. Join us for a deep dive into some of history's most fascinating characters who live dangerously beautiful lives and whose legacies haunt us today. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Fatal Fortunes. This time we are doing another mini episode. Are you excited for this mini episode? Yeah, I'm so excited to be told a story. I can't wait. Yeah, so on our mini episodes, we're kind of going to vary the format a little bit and either Al or I will will take on someone who we think is really fascinating and tell their story their life, their death, their legacy, and they're just going to be a little bit smaller and compact so that we can deliver content for you guys and not keep you waiting for our more capsule, you know, long form, in-depth episodes. So today we are going to be talking about one of the greatest voices of soul music, Donny Hathaway. And I actually wasn't too fam- oh, I wasn't too familiar with Johnny Hathaway, but I was watching Euphoria and I heard this song, a song for you, which I've heard before, but it just really like spoke to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to listen to this Johnny Hathaway. Like I got to listen to his music and he check out his story. And, and uh, his story is, it's really amazing, but also really sad. And um, I think it's an important story to tell. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so let's go back to the year 1945. So in 1945, I'm sure everyone can associate that first with the end of World War II to some extent. So World War II nears its end. Germany surrenders. Concentration camps are liberated. Adolf Hitler and his wife Eva Braun commit suicide. America drops an atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan. Japan surrenders. The minimum wage in America is only 40 cents per hour. Meanwhile, the price of a pound of Ritz crackers is 21 cents. You're kidding. So two pounds of Ritz crackers is is about, you know, an hour you're getting for minimum wage. Oh, my God. The first issue of Ebony magazine is published by john h johnson and this is a really interesting story that i haven't ever heard so an airplane actually crashed into the empire state building and it injures elevator operator betty oliver when rescuers attempted to lower her on an elevator the cable snapped plunging her 75 stories down she survived the fall and still Holds the record, apparently, for surviving the longest elevator fall. 75 stories. That's crazy, right? She's a fighter. (laughs) 
Dude, I'm freaking out. Why have we never heard that story before? That's I huge. Know, right? Not only does a plane crash into the place your place of work, but you almost died in an elevator accident because of that? Like I can't. That's insane. I hope yeah. I, I wonder if in 1945 if they had workers comp. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think Maybe they did. Could, I know. We need to look into Betty Oliver. Maybe she's a fatal fortune and maybe she has a story that's a mini sode worthy we shall check it out yeah oh my god and if the minimum wage was only 40 cents do you think that she spent like do you think that she only made like a dollar 20 in like that accident like it took like three hours to get her out and she made like a dollar 20 for life-threatening injuries or were they like you technically weren't operating the elevator we can't pay you <laughs> i don't know they deserve to give her something big and substantial because that's just crazy and yeah nat king cole becomes the first african-american to have a radio variety show my man yeah groundbreaking for black artists especially in the radio realm and uh yeah so that's kind of a little glimpse into 1945 a pretty big crazy year okay so what are you drinking tonight <laughs> i'm still drinking my kombucha and tequila i'm loving it it's definitely limbered me right up to listen to donny hathaway's life what about you well i'm still drinking water as an effect of drinking too much last night not like an insane amount but just like feeling how to dry it out and i had too much coffee this morning so just getting to base level but we hope that Wherever you are, you're enjoying a beverage of any kind and indulging in it as you're indulging in this episode. So back to Donny Hathaway. Let's jump right in. So Donny Hathaway was born on October 1st, 1945 in Chicago. He was raised by his grandmother, Martha Pitts, who's a gospel singer and guitarist. So Grandma Martha raises Donny in a public housing project and she immediately notices that Donnie's kind of taking after her. He's singing from such a young age, and she just is amazed by his really profound, like, child prodigy level of talent. Just before Donnie turned four, Martha bought him a piano. He sang at his family's Pentecostal church, Trinity Baptist, and started to perform in the St. Louis gospel scene as little donny pitts so he studied classical piano and took it very very seriously and in high school he actually did a recital of edvard grieg which is a very very intricate very hard to play pianist composer his piano skills earned him a scholarship at howard university i tried to go to law school there oh really yeah, I toured their law school, but it was the kind of place, you know, like, you know, the place is just like covered in like those old wooden desks from like 1918 or something. And there's no AC and you can just imagine how hot it's going to be in there when you actually have class and you're like, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. But love Howard. Love. Good for him. Yeah, lots of great alumni from there. So at Howard, Donnie met Roberta Flack, who is one of my favorite singers. She's amazing. Roberta was his classmate and, you know, they collaborated in college. You know, they would play music together. 
And Roberta really becomes one of his closest friends and collaborators throughout his whole life. And we will definitely touch on Roberta and Donnie's relationship going forward. He also begins to collab with his roommate, Leroy Hudson, who goes on to co-write Donnie's first major single, The Ghetto Part One. My jam! They're just, you know, like jam- those college like jam buds who, you know, stay up all night and... I really love that. He also forms a jazz trio with his classmate, Rick Powell, who would go on to co-produce Donnie's first album. And now let's talk about his love. <laughs> Donnie meets Eulala Van, and they deeply fall in love while studying music together. They marry in 1967 and have two daughters, Lala and Kenya, who, by the way, both graduated from Berkeley later on in their lives. Johnny also does have a daughter out of wedlock with a woman named Charlotte. The daughter's name is Donita. So after graduating Howard, Johnny is arranging, producing, playing music for these huge record companies, chess records and custom records. And the record labels, they really notice his talent. And he signed as a solo artist by Atlantic Records in 1969. So his first major single is The Ghetto Part One, which really takes off his career and enters him in a place where he's kind of destined to be just a star in music. Over the next four years, Donnie releases three studio albums. Everything is Everything, Donnie Hathaway, which features that song, A Song for You, which I really love, and Extension of Man. He also has a collaboration record with Roberta Flack called Roberta Flack and Johnny Hathaway, a 1972 live concert album called Live. And he also, he is the one who created the iconic Christmas single, This Christmas. I didn't know that. I love that song. It's one of my favorites. So Johnny's music is just critically acclaimed. Atlantic Records producer Jerry Wexler said, I used to think we had two geniuses on Atlantic, Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles. When Donnie Hathaway signed up, I announced to one and all that I think we found our third genius. His music was so awe-inspiring that New York Times critic Don Heckman said in a review of Donnie's 1971 show at the Bitter End in the West Village, Donnie Hathaway appearing at the Bitter End this week should be heard. That's the way one usually ends a review, but in this case, I'm much more concerned with urging you to go experience his music for yourself than I am with making critical points. So to repeat myself, Donnie Hathaway should be heard. Oh, I just love that. Like, imagine just being so talented that they don't even criticize Um, you. They just say you have to go listen to it for yourself. There's nothing I as a critic could tell you about it that you just can't go experience. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And, and I think the the greatest artists are the ones who you can't really learn of their greatness in words or by reading about them. You really have to experience their music live if you can or on a record, you know, just listening to their music. And I always recommend like to really get into someone's artistry, listen to their albums, even if you don't have like a record player like I do. Listen to their albums from start to finish. Don't hit that shuffle button. Don't listen to like any greatest compilations. Just listen to their albums, 
preferably starting with their first album, then working your way through and you really see the progression. And I think you can really see that when you listen to Donnie's music and he has so much soul and so much heart in his music. And some of the greatest love songs are recorded by Donnie Hathaway. So definitely check him out if you haven't already. So as his career is skyrocketing, Donnie is also fighting mental illness. In 1971, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. He takes various medications for it. And I read somewhere that he took like up to like 14 medications all at the same time. And I'm not sure if that's true. I, I, I don't know. But according to his wife, I read that he wasn't always on top of it. And as his career progressed, as, as his life progressed, he kind of became less diligent with taking his medication. Especially from 1974 to 1979, his music career and his concert scheduling, it kind of declines and stops because of the severity of his mental illness. You know, with the frequent hospital visits, intense mood swings, his paranoia really getting in there, and his also, you know, his deep depression that he was experiencing. I, I think his tale is a really you know, important tale to tell because someone can be at the top of their game. They can be so successful. They can be so talented, but you know, they can be hurting inside and they, they need to find the help that they need to, you know, heal and to find management of their symptoms. But, you know, it can be really hard, especially, you know, being, in the industry of fame and music and, you know, the press always there, you know. Being black. Yeah. And all the racism that he would experience. I don't know. I'm just thinking so hard. Like this sounds so, this sounds just so sad. And I wish celebrities were more open with what they're going through because I feel like they live in so many gilded cages that they think that they represent to us as perfect. But gilded prisons are still prisons. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Fatal Fortunes and helping us get the word out about the podcast. If you want to help us further, you can also subscribe to us on Patreon. For just $3 a month, you can listen to exclusive episodes of Fatal Fortunes and get content you won't see here. Go over to patreon.com slash Podcast. All one word. In 1978, Donnie kind of plans to make a comeback and make more music with one of his best friends, Roberta Flack. So Donnie and Roberta reunite and record the single the Closer I Get to You, which becomes a number one hit off of Roberta's album, Blue Lights in the Basement. So, you know, Donnie's he's kind of back. You know, he has been struggling with his mental illness, with the schizophrenic symptoms, with the depression. And, you know, he wants to get back. He wants to get back to what he really loves to do, his ultimate love for music. At the end of 1978, Donnie and Roberta decide to make a follow-up duet album. In early January 1979, Donnie and Roberta begin recording. Donnie stays at the Essex House in New York City, which is located across the street from Central Park. It's on like the south side of Central Park, so kind of like the top of Midtown. And Donnie's wife, Ulala, 
she doesn't think it's a good idea because you know donnie he's just not in the best mental state still she you know she thinks that he shouldn't be working that he should be taking care of his health first and foremost and on January 13th, Donnie has a recording session with producers and musicians Eric Mercury and James Mutumi. I probably butchered that name. Mercury and Mutumi, they both noticed that Donnie was having some irrational thoughts. He kind of seemed delusional and paranoid. And Mutumi said in a documentary that he found Donnie crying in a corner. And Mutumi was like, what's what's wrong, Donnie? What's going on? And Donnie said that white people were trying to kill him and they connected his brain to a machine to steal his music. Mitumi and Mercury, they recognized that Donnie was kind of having a psychotic break and they decided to end the session for the day. Later that evening, Donnie was found dead on the sidewalk below the window of his 15th floor hotel room of the Essex house. His death was ruled a suicide. Yeah, this is really, it's really sad. Ugh, so sad and so tragic. And, you know, Al and I were talking, but, you know, there is kind of this theme that we're just noticing that it's kind of like Dorothy Dandridge in a way, you know, right when you kind of pick yourself back up, right when these amazing icons, you know, get back up from their dark place and are ready to get back in the game of doing what they love, they ultimately fall and they fall to their death. And, and it's really, it's a tragic theme that we're noticing. And I, I really just, you know, I can't imagine what his family was going through and what his colleagues, Mercury and Matumi must have felt, you know, after his death and Roberta and just all of his loved ones and his fans because he had so much life in him and he was destined to do so many great things, I think. And I think everyone knew that, you know, he, he was a living legend and I think, I think he did die a legend for sure. And I also think that uh, if you see your friend just crying in the corner at work, I feel like in my conscience, I wouldn't be able to take them home and leave them by themselves. I'd like have to take them to like the ER or something. I'd have to stay there for a few days. Like I just totally can't imagine being in the situation that those two men are talking about and just seeing like someone you've known for a long time and you've been making art with for a long time. Like, it's like if I saw you crying in the corner, like uh, what would I do? Like, I just can't imagine Yeah, yeah, it is really sad. And, and, you know, this is for our listeners listening, but definitely make sure if you or someone you know is experiencing these feelings, definitely call for help. You can call 911 or the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which I put, just pulled up, is 800-273-8255. You can also text this crisis line at 741-741, if you don't feel like calling, you can, like, text someone, and you can literally text them about, like, any problem you're experiencing. If it's anxiety, abuse-related, you know, suicidal thoughts, you'll be paired up with, like, a specialized counselor, which is really great. Uh, but definitely, you know, call, get some help, and tell someone if you're feeling that way. Especially with COVID going on and us all being so isolated and spending so much time in our own heads, like, please don't feel like you're alone. 
Yes, you are not alone. So Roberta, who I love, Roberta is one of my favorites. So if you don't know Roberta Flack, because I've run into <laughs> conversations where people don't know who she is, she's known for that song, Killing Me Softly, you know, Show my love Live me softly with his song. Kill me softly with his song. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so she finished the album. And, you know, she wanted to do it and she wanted to pay homage and respect to her friend Donnie. So she finishes the album. She includes duet tracks they had finished, but you know, there's a lot of songs that she had to sing by herself because he wasn't there to record them. The last track that she records, which I think was intentional, is a song called You Are My Heaven, which features Donnie and Roberta. And it's a really, really beautiful song. She releases the album in March 1980. It's called Roberta Flack featuring Donnie Hathaway, which I have a little story about. So I was out with my friend for coffee and there's this vinyl shop right around the corner and i was like let's go look at that and i actually looked for johnny hathaway and there was nothing in his section like there was nothing he you know he didn't even have a section but there was nothing in the h like soul section for him but i was like you know i love roberta flack let me check out what roberta flack has and she had this album so i got it i got roberta flack featuring donny hathaway and i played it and will you show amazing. us will you show um, us the album cover i just feel like it was Yes, yes, yes. I have it right here. It's so Yay. It's so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Will holding the album. Yeah, so Yeah, I really love it and I think it it's just a really beautiful like album and there's some fun dance tracks like there's some love songs some more like soulful stuff it's a really like eclectic album but yeah i i really i i feel like it was almost like fate that i like i i found like that one you know like it was just so kind of serendipitous and and i didn't know that that was the last album until i did the research today which i um you know i looked more into donnie's story today and, and i found out that this was the last album and it's just amazing how those moments sometimes line up like that, you know. That was Donnie and Roberta reaching out and touching you. Yep. <laughs> I felt them. I felt Donnie reaching out. He's been a source of inspiration for music legends like Alicia Keys, Amy Winehouse, Aaliyah, Stevie Wonder, Common. And his daughters, Lala and Kenya, they're still singing. And they're really amazing. Uh, Lala actually did a tribute to him for the BET, some BET concert that was filmed at the Apollo in Harlem. And uh, she sang a song for you. And you can hear Donnie in her voice. And it's just really, really beautiful. I recommend you guys check that out. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the life and death and legacy of Donnie Hathaway. I'll never forget being a little kid going to my mom's uh, high school reunion. And we uh, we stood outside the Apollo Theater waiting for the American Apparel across the street to open. And it's the only time I've ever been to the Apollo. But <laughs> I think it's so funny that there was an American Apparel across the street. <laughs> 
Oh, and another crazy thing about <laughs> my time with funny. the Apollo was uh, the Nation of Islam was there with like a whole like table set up with like photos of lynching wearing like full military garb. And I was like, Mom, what the fuck? And she was like, you need to look at photos of lynching sometimes so you remember where you came from. And then I was like, are these the good guys? And she was like, they're not the good guys. They're not. But you got to see this shit. And then I was like, can I just have my hot pink shorts? Can I just get shorts? I... <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's that's my story about walking in the same shoes. Well, that's a really interesting anecdote. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, the Apollo is so historic and I, I feel like I need to learn more about it because I, I lived near there when I was living in New York for a summer, I was living in Morningside Heights, which is like basically near Columbia, which is close to Harlem. And there were a couple of times where I walked by the Apollo, but I never really knew of its history. And yeah, but uh, maybe that's a mini sode waiting to happen. But uh, thank you so much for listening to our episode on Donny Hathaway. I hope you check out some of his music by a record listen to him on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. And yeah, it's a really a rich, rich uh, voice and so much and gone too soon, but I think his legacy will live on forever. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of fatal fortunes. I'm Al. I'm will see you next time. See you next time. And make sure to follow us wherever you're listening. You can go to fatalfortunes.com for more information, fatalfortunes at Instagram, you know, just check us out. Give us some love, give us some feedback, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.